Find that bar of chocolate you've been hiding. It's time to unwrap this week's Cocoa News. Cameroon invests in cocoa quality after facing years of returned and discounted cocoa. 55 new cocoa drying machines are due to be installed across cocoa production areas in Cameroon to boost the quality of the country's commodity. Cameroon is Africa's third-largest cocoa producer, after Côte d'Ivoire and Ghana, with cocoa making up 15% of their export revenue in 2019. Despite the value of this commodity to the country, Cameroon frequently sees its cocoa sold at discount prices due to its perceived lower quality. An instance in 2013 saw a staggering 2,000 tons of Cameroonian cocoa returned from European ports due to a smoky aroma. The result was a loss of over 500,000 US dollars for the exporter. That issue was traced to the drying process used by producers in Cameroon, which can be rudimentary compared to modern practices. Cameroonian farmers typically harvest their crop in the rainy season, and if they are unable to dry them in the sun, may use fire to assist in the drying process prior to export. Cocoa beans contain high fat levels, which naturally absorb elements from the surrounding environment. Therefore, by drying beans using a dryer placed over a fire, the cocoa produced is likely to be tainted with an undesirable smoky aroma and have inadequate humidity levels. This undesirable aroma associated with Cameroonian cocoa has led to reduced prices. For example, in 2017, a 35 cent per kilo discount was reportedly applied to cocoa beans from Cameroon for this reason. Another method of drying the beans that some farmers practice is to leave them out to dry on the bare pavement. However, this is problematic as it can occasionally lead to contamination with polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, a toxin that the European Union has banned since early 2013. As a solution to Cameroon's cocoa drying challenge, 55 modern drying machines are being installed in southwest Cameroon, a prime cocoa production region of the country. The Agricultural Infrastructure and Value Chain Development Project issued a call to service providers interested in joining the project, which aims to improve the quality of the cocoa sold in this region. The project coordinator, Besong Tui Ogok, says that the new drying machines will be installed in Meme, Meninguba, Monu, Faco, Cube, and Dian. Following the installation of the dryers, cocoa fermenters will also be used to support the new process. The project has until March 17, 2022 to submit their applications. Ethically Driven Chocolatiers, Tony's Chocolate Only, find 1,700 child workers in their supply chain. Tony's Chocolate Only, the chocolate brand who wants to own a reputation for fighting injustice in the chocolate industry, reported that they found 1,701 child workers in their production line. The Dutch chocolate maker recently defended their partnership with Barry Colbo, which was viewed as an abandonment of their values, after the latter was discovered to have 21,258 instances of child labor in their supply chain, according to The Times, a British newspaper. According to the company's latest, Fair Report, 1,701 child workers have been identified in the company's supply chain, marking an increase in child labor over the previous year. Despite these findings however, the company's response might not be what you expect. Addressing the report, Tony's wrote, 
Before your alarm bells go off, know this, finding cases of child labor in the supply chain means change is happening. We want to find the children performing illegal labor. Only then can we work with the families to address the problem. You might be surprised to learn that a company that brands itself as the ethical chocolate maker uses child labor at all, let alone that its numbers are increasing, but we believe for Tony's, that's the point. They never claim to have a supply chain free of unethical practice. Instead, their goal is to identify it, learn the root causes, and then apply that learning to try to fix it. Tony's commented on their annual report findings, we are glad to know about it because then we can eradicate it. We actively look for instances so we can solve them. We have a child labor monitoring and remediation system, CLMRS, in place across all seven cocoa cooperatives that we source from. The rise in underaged workers used to make Tony's bars can be attributed to two new cooperatives, with a combined child labor prevalence score of 50.5%. For comparison, their five existing partners garnered a prevalence rate of 3.9%. With over 1,700 cases already identified, we are interested to see the steps Tony's will take to apply remediation. In the previous year, 221 of 387 cases were reportedly resolved. According to the Global Slavery Index, Tony sources its cocoa beans from Cote d'Ivoire and Ghana, where it's reported that around 30,000 victims of modern slavery work in the cocoa industry. Tony says about their own supply chain, however. While we've never found any cases of modern slavery in our supply chain, we do find cases of child labor. There is debate in the community over how ethical Tony's is. The slave-free chocolate list removed Tony's last year, and the founder of SFC, Ein Riggs, commented that Tony's pitched virtue to consumers despite being completely dependent on its relationship with Barry Colbo to make and sell chocolate, which is in fact tainted by child laborers. Tony's says they are attempting to resolve the issue of injustice in the cocoa industry from the inside. They state, our ambition extends beyond our own bar, we want to change the whole industry which involves being where the problems are so that we can solve them. ICCO reports diverging production trends between Côte d'Ivoire and Ghana. The International Cocoa Organization, ICCO, has reported opposing cocoa production trends from West African producing countries. Côte d'Ivoire, the world's leading cocoa exporters, are slightly up with 1.340 million tons as of January 30, 2022, compared with the 1.320 million tons produced in the same period of 2020-21, representing a 1.5% increase. Meanwhile, Ghana has taken a heavy hit with an astonishing 53.9% drop in arrivals and purchases of graded and sealed cocoa beans. This takes Ghana's figures down from 570,000 tons last season to just 263,000 tons as of January 6, 2022. Cameroon is also said to be experiencing lower than usual cocoa exports for its fourth quarter. The reason for the drastic drop seen in Ghana is as of yet uncertain. The ICCO comments, it is unknown whether we are in the presence of a poor season or other factors are affecting the evacuation of beans from upcountry. However, 
there is some speculation about the contributing factors, including logistical disruptions and suboptimal weather conditions. Ghana's second-largest cocoa-producing area, the Ashanti region, reported interference in the transport of their dried fermented cocoa. The region, which supplies approximately 22% of the country's crop, experienced suboptimal rainfall, coupled with the dry Harmattan winds, which hurt production. The same weather conditions are being experienced by their neighbors in Côte d'Ivoire. If the current dry weather persists, it is likely to reduce the good soil moisture, and this would be a cause for concern for later seasons. However, the ICCO remains hopeful for the 2021-22 season, citing the relatively mild Harmattan wind and sufficient rainfall and temperature from past months, as reasons to be optimistic for a good crop. References www.eco.org www.confectionarynews.com Quam Quateng has written an interesting analysis of the money paid to cocoa farmers by CocoaBud for their living income differential LID. Ghana promised to pay farmers 100% of the money brought in by the living income differential, but the devil, as they say, is in the detail, and Quateng breaks down the numbers and came up with a surprising result. The LID is paid to Ghana in US dollars, but CocoaBud pays farmers in local currency, Sadies, when it purchases cocoa at the price set each year by the regulator. Since CocoaBud sets the price for the year ahead, they must estimate the exchange rate. For the 2020-21 crop, Quateng states the rate was set at 1 US dollar to 5.8 Sadies, which turned out to be very close to the actual rate, which stood at 5.97 Sadies at the end of the season. This year, however, the current exchange rate looks to be much higher. I checked the rates myself and saw $1 would buy 5.9 for Sadies. The government, of course, would get a significantly improved rate than one found on the internet. Yet Cocobud has not improved prices to farmers. Quateng does a quick calculation in which he says, to be conservative, if the mean exchange rate for this crop year is 6 sadies, with a forecasted cocoa production volume of 1 million tons, then CocoaBud would owe smallholder cocoa farmers by a total of 80 million sadies in LID arrears. 80 million sadies is equivalent to 12,318,674 US dollars, a substantial sum that could be used to make a real difference to the cocoa farmers. By a strange coincidence, that number is almost exactly the loss made by the government-owned chocolate company, CPC. I actually think that is a coincidence, but conspiracy theorists have something to get excited about. Solving the problem isn't hard. At Bartox, our accounts has a line for foreign exchange gains slash losses to account for variances from our invoices and the actual money we collect, which may be in different currencies. I'd be surprised if Ghana wasn't already accounting for this. They simply need to distribute the gains, perhaps holding back a percentage to offset future foreign transaction losses and smooth the distribution curve. The question remains if Ghana is going to be true to their word to deliver all the money paid as an LID premium to the farmers or not. It may prove difficult for the country's leaders to point the fingers at the cocoa buyers and tell them of their obligations, if they, 
themselves, are pocketing some of the cash. Kwam Kwateng MBA, MSc, is an agricultural trade policy analyst, cocoa chocolate industry expert, digital and industrial project manager, and we noted he is available for projects. You can contact him on LinkedIn. The new strategy to move from boutique retailer to omni-channel business for every occasion was producing results, according to Godiva's CEO, Nurtak Afridi who stepped into the role a little over a year ago. Afridi soon after, announced the shift in strategy when they closed all 128 of their US stores. She was quoted at the time. Our brick-and-mortar locations in North America have had a clear purpose since we first opened our doors in this market, to provide an in-person experience for consumers to enjoy the world's most exquisite chocolates. But, she felt it was time to change strategy, and this year Afridi expects to see growth of 20% at the company, although she didn't specify if that was in revenue or profits. When asked about inflation, Afridi said they are looking inwards to anticipate the issues that are causing price hikes. While prices were maintained for Valentine's Day, they can't see what will happen for the rest of the year, and we can assume prices will go up, as they are, for other chocolate makers. According to Afridi, the Omni Channel has come at the right time, and their product is now available in more places, at prices between $2 and $200. We do wonder however, if a brand can continue to sell chocolate for $2 and still maintain its premium image. The phrase, self-gifting, was often used by Afridi in her three-minute interview on Bloomberg, as she described consumers' purchasing habits. She explained that consumers want more gifting options, and they also want convenience, which is why Godiva is expanding to more places, making it easier to buy its products. UK, Guangchong Bearhead, GCB, a Malaysian-owned cocoa manufacturer, is expanding its presence in the UK with plans to build a new world-class cocoa and chocolate production factory. The company has contracted Clegg Food Projects to carry out construction works at the former Phillips Avent facility in Glemsford, Suffolk. Work has begun to part demolish the previous facility, which made products supporting infant and toddler nutrition. This will be followed by the construction of a new factory to enhance processing and manufacturing facilities on site. The plant will produce cocoa butter, cocoa powder, liquor, and chocolate, according to a statement from the company. The 17-acre site redevelopment will include new access, car parking, manufacturing facilities, warehousing, and a biomass boiler to supply renewable energy for the production process. The factory will also feature solar panels and electric car charging points. Oliver Jenkins, business development manager at Clegg Food Projects, said, We are delighted that GCB appointed us to oversee and construct its new factory as it enters into the UK market for the first time. GCB's vision is to be a market-leading cocoa supplier and the new factory will feature efficient and sustainable processing equipment to help make this a reality. With its move to the UK market, GCB Cocoa pledged to invest significantly and create jobs for the local area. Brian Bowen, General Manager at GCB Cocoa UK, added, We are very pleased to have appointed Clegg Food Projects as our principal contractor. Their understanding of what we need to achieve, 
and the solutions they have provided will significantly assist helping GCB create its manufacturing footprint in the UK. GCB Cocoa, which was established in Asia when it began trading cocoa beans in the 1980s, is principally involved in the manufacturing of cocoa-derived food ingredients. Meanwhile, South African food company Moorcroft Foods, which makes dried meat snacks biltong and drawers, has announced it is establishing a manufacturing facility in Newtownards, Northern Ireland. Gavin Moorcroft, owner and managing director of Moorcroft Foods said, with Invest NI support and ongoing advice, we have invested in a range of equipment which will help us to manufacture our quality product in Northern Ireland and share our world-class South African meat heritage throughout this part of the world. Thanks for listening to this week's Coco Newscast. You can also catch our other podcasts, including the Coffee Newscast and the popular Bean Talks with Nick and Max, which goes out every Monday. Stay safe and I'll see you all next week.